Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Matthew Templeton. How are we? I'm fantastic, man. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Very well. So, Matthew, a lot happened at the weekend there. Um, a big game between Rangers and Aberdeen, and Rangers beat Aberdeen two 0 and it was an extremely comfortable performance from Rangers. It was. We didn't really need to get out of second gear. Um, obviously, Aberdeen had a few players out, but that's no excuse. They were extremely poor in the day, and um, it was just it was like a training session for Rangers almost. It really was um, because Aberdeen caused Rangers no problems whatsoever. They didn't. I mean, maybe one or two, but. I I can't really think of any standout opportunities. Uh, yeah, there was um, no real clear-cut chances uh, created by Aberdeen throughout the game. No, there wasn't. Um, and it was an easy day for the bad for Katic and Goldson. Um, yeah, Aberdeen were extremely poor, but I credit has to go to Rangers as well because we did style for them and we just played some good free-flowing football. Yeah, exactly. Rangers were fantastic from start to finish. And uh, I'd probably say Aberdeen's best player was Joe Lewis. He kept it from being a cricket score, in my opinion. Because that was going on, that was two going on 5 now. It was, I mean, Joe Lewis was absolutely fantastic. Um, I remember one, it was in the first half, Jermaine Defoe was in, after a lovely piece of play by Arfield, just a wee kind of disguised ball, Defoe was in, split a certain goal and Lewis pulled it wildly. Uh, but yeah, if it wasn't for him, like you said, it'd be a cricket score. Yeah, exactly. And see the midfield three with uh, um, Ryan Jack, Kamara and Davis. Fantastic yet again. Absolutely fantastic, like you said. Um, you know, I've said it so many times now, but in this new system, it complements each player so well. And Davis playing this deeper role really suits him. Because, um, like I said previously, I think in the pod, um, he's not got the legs anymore. So having been in that deeper position, he can, can dictate the play almost like Jenner had done in his final final couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kamara, you know what? Actually, I would say with Kamara, is he spends a bit too much time in the ball. He doesn't release it quick enough. But apart from that, the midfield is absolutely. Perfect just now. So I remember you said the other week, right, about Katic and Goldson, and you feel as though the defence looks much more settled with Katic being back in the side, and it yeah. definitely has, right? It looks much more settled and looks much more comfortable. But but yes, of course, about they were superb on Sunday. But when you see me look at what Aberdeen had in the final third, they created like they had no real quality. If you know what I'm saying, they, they were really lacking to get like as I, as I was just saying there to create any real chances. And it has yeah. to be said about Aberdeen's display. I'm going to say it now. I thought it was embarrassing. I thought it was really embarrassing. Like they were, it, they looked like a team that was fighting relegation. That's what it looked like. They did, they did not play like a big club. They did. They claim that they're such a big club, right? But they played like a, a team fighting relegation, in my opinion. It, I thought it was really weak and pathetic. It doesn't. For the Aberdeen support, that must be disappointing because they've got the upper hand um, over Rangers the vast majority of this season. They've been fantastic against Rangers. Um, they've upped their game every time. Um, and this this game just, it just didn't turn up. I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, like based on the... Well, Based on like previous what's happened previously in the season, you'd expect Aberdeen to turn up and give Rangers a real game, but they were extremely, extremely poor. Yeah, exactly. So we'll talk about the penalties. And the first penalty was uh, for me a stonewall penalty. Uh, Lewis Ferguson clearly stamps on Katic and Katic goes down. Stonewall penalty. I think you agree. I would agree. Um, the only counter argument you could say is I've seen Derek McInnes talking about it and some other people saying in the build up to that you know, the build up sorry, well, just before it Ferguson um, himself got fouled so they said it should have been a free kick to Aberdeen um, I can see where they're coming from but I, I, I think it was a very soft and I think he fouled Cathy that was definitely a penalty I can see where people are coming from saying Ferguson got fouled but I don't think it was 
Yeah, it was a st- uh, Stonewall penalty. The referee made the correct decision uh, for me and Tavernier. The penalty king slots it away. Yep, he never, he never ever looks um, like he's worried when he's up to this spot. He's always still confident. And as the fan, um, you know he's going to put that in the back of the net. Look, he's missed some in the last few months, but his record is pretty, pretty, pretty fantastic. And mm-hmm. he always looks so calm in the spot. Yeah, and the second penalty, um, this is the one that... Uh, Gained a lot of uh, controversy and it, it sparked up quite a debate. And second penalty, Considine throws his arm into the top of Katish's uh, uh, head. It was a stonewall penalty for me. A lot of people thought it was rather weak. I don't think it was weak. Um, if that was if that hand anywhere else in the pitch, mate, that would be a free kick. That would have been a, exactly. that would have been a foul. So uh, the referee got that uh, decision right as well. He did. Um, and I think people were moaning at Katish for uh, the so-called theatrics. Um, I think that's irrelevant. The, the guy got. A, Pretty much elbowed in the face. What do you expect him to do? Um, it's a stonewall penalty, and I don't get why people argue against it. He got elbowed in the face, and Constantine rightly got sent off. Yeah, exactly. And uh, no, I see what um, McInnes was saying, or um, Katic's uh, antics after it were embarrassing. Well, <laughs> I think it's irrelevant. That's him just clutching at straws. And yeah, the referee made two fantastic calls. Simple I as. I think so, yeah. Um, I thought referee had a pretty good game. I, I don't think you got much wrong. Maybe obviously when Tavernier um, that one, uh, remember that when Tavernier was through and then he not he put the ball in the back of the net. I think he, uh, Tavernier looked onside for me. I think it was onside. Yeah. Yeah, it looked um, onside. Another criticism of Tavernier as well was Bo Lewis was taking an age to take each um, penalty and uh, what's it called? A goal kick. Yeah, take goal, goal kick. kick yeah. Uh, take each goal kick and he should have been booked uh, I mean he, he was doing it in the first half so he was taking an absolute age he was, ta- he was taking the for lack of a better term he was taking the piss and I think the ref should have um, booked him for time wasting but apart from that the ref did have a good game yeah no I couldn't agree more mate I couldn't agree more that was frustrating like what Joel Lewis was doing but see when we got uh, the first goal there was no getting back into it uh, Aberdeen, from Aberdeen's point of view there were no getting back into that, that that's where uh, all the Rangers fans in the stadium could sit back relax because that was that game setting match because Aberdeen came for the point. They came to play. They were playing for a point. That's what they wanted, right? And I, I, I see um, uh, one of these Aberdeen fans that I know said to me that it was Aberdeen reserves. They were only missing three um, first team players, right? And in fact, you've got guys in the squad like Lowe, McKenna, um, Joe Lewis, Lewis Ferguson, Cosgrove, May, right? These guys have been playing the first team all Greg season. Greg, uh, yeah, yeah, as well. Greg Stewart as well. Um, so explain to me how that's Aberdeen reserves. That I think that's just a, a very weak and uh, pathetic excuse. I think so as well. I mean, if three players out leaves you with your reserve squad, that's extremely worrying. Yep. Um, I don't, I don't buy into that one. So we had a, every team throughout the season has to deal with a few players being out, and if you can't handle that, it's just shocking. Um, so I don't buy into that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like I said, yes, they had a few players out, but they still, like you touched on, that they had still had the vast majority of the first team out, and that's not an excuse whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. You're spot on. And obviously, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Rangers. Um, Ryan Kent. I thought Ryan Kent it was great to see him back in the side. He was very lively. He was uh, causing Aberdeen defence a lot of problems. And uh, me and you, we always rave about Ryan Kent every single week. I really, really hope we get him. <laughs> I really do, mate. And he just, he's, even he's back in the side, he just adds so much more. Like, his creativity and his dribbling is second to none. It is. Like, he, he always looks so lively in the ball. And the thing, what people say about him is he can go either way. So, because he's so... You don't, I don't even know what he is. He's so... He can use both feet so well. And defenders have a nightmare against him because, like I said, they don't know if he's going to go inside. They don't know if he's going to go outside. 
and if, he, if he's not um, scoring goals, he's creating goals, he's uh, dragging defenders away, leaving space, um, and I really hope we do get him next season. Uh, Ryan Kent said he would be open to it. I think the loan option is the most likely, um, but I don't think right now it's not looking likely he'll come back. But you never know as the months go on. But yeah, he's a fantastic, uh, fantastic player. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on, mate. I don't know if I just want to bring up this thing about uh, Derek McInnes, <clears throat> a couple of wee things on him. Do you remember he said uh, something about Lewis Ferguson, that Lewis Ferguson was too honest to go down? Uh, yeah. Right. I think that it's quite funny him saying that, right? Because do you remember Lewis Ferguson's blatant diving against Motherwell uh, a couple of weeks ago? I don't recall that, no. Yeah, I'll send you the clip um, after the podcast. It was embarrassing. I'll probably say it's the worst dive of the season. It is shocking. Wait until we see it, mate. Is like, it worse than Jones? Yes, trust me, oh, it wow. is shocking. It is <laughs> it's the worst dive of the season, mate. I'll need to show you it. And another thing about Derek McInnes. Well, McInnes was moaning uh, the other day about how Rangers requested Aberdeen to wear their away kit. And he was yeah. like, I've never heard anything like this in my whole career uh, in the game. I think it was, uh, I, I thought it was bizarre. Like, we, <laughs> is he well, really, so like, he's what, never, he's is he okay? He's never away to an away game and what a pile of nonsense. <laughs> exactly. Like, honestly, he's losing the plot. He's absolutely losing the plot, Derek McInnes. Um, so yeah. he is. I got charged today as well for that Celtic incident. Yeah, I thought that was very unfair. That was very unfair because Scott Brown done the exact same thing that Derek McInnes done. Scott Brown didn't get punished. Neil Lennon, a uh, couple seasons ago, no, sorry, last season, uh, done the exact same gesture to Rangers support at Ibrox when he was manager at Hibs. Nothing happened to Neil Lennon. So, I know. It's, yeah, I just want to kind of, sorry, I just want to bring this up, kind of divert a wee bit. But um, I think obviously Rangers and Celtic both got charged today for the. Um, the players like, after the game but yet none of the actual Celtic players got charged like Scott Brown got away with it so how can you charge your players and yet not charge an individual like we did but there's only to touch on it while we're talking about bands there but yeah no yeah. I, I totally agree yeah, no, no, it really is. Like we always say, it, we say it every week we just want the SFA to be consistent yeah. and but it, that's not happened at all this season. It hasn't. Um, it's been all over the place. It's been absolutely embarrassing. Um, the level of refereeing, or even the SFA in general, I should say, is just absolutely shambolic, like you said, and something seriously needs to change, otherwise it's just going to continue in the same vein and we're going to be a laughing stock. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on, mate. And another thing about Lee, uh, Lee Walls, obviously Lee Walls came on, yeah. and he came on to a fantastic uh, reception. I, ref- yeah. I, it was, I thought it was phenomenal. It was goosebump stuff. It was, it was absolutely good spumps. I seen he was coming on, um, I was absolutely ecstatic for, for him. Um, he deserves a send-off. Um, whether I think he's got the ability or not to perform anywhere uh, is beside the point. Um, he deserves a big send-off and I think Gerald will give him that. Um, and, yeah, he did, like, obviously got a few minutes, he didn't have time to do anything, but it was really about the atmosphere and the send-off and um, yeah. I'm sure he remember that. I haven't heard anything like that in a long time, mate. I thought it was really special and Wallace will I really appreciate that and he'll he'll always remember that because the guy was <clears throat> the guy was there for us he stuck with us throughout the lower leagues he could have went down south and got a bigger pay rise and he risked his international career to play with us and the guy honestly what a servant he was for Rangers Football Club and he will be missed in my opinion so I have huge respect for Lee Wallace and he, he, the guy he didn't come to Rangers as a Rangers man but when he does leave he will be leaving a Rangers man. Definitely. Um, hopefully, maybe one day he'll come back 
as a coach, maybe one day manager, who knows, but I think one day down the line he needs to come back to Rangers. Maybe he's not, as like an ambassador or something, um, the club needs to do something for him. Yeah, definitely. And another thing about uh, James Tavernier, his, see his stats this season, mate, unbelievable. His stats are unbelievable this season. I think he's had... Well, this I'll get his stats up right now, right? He's played 55 games this season, right? 17 goals and 20 assists. That is phenomenal for a fullback. It is. I know people like to harp on and say, well, it takes what the set pieces and it takes the penalties or whatever. You still need to convert them. You still need to yep. get it over the line. Like... A lot of people can take free kicks and that, but it doesn't mean they're going to necessarily do it. He does it, and um, he's fantastic, Mr. Captain. Um, the only problem is, obviously, his defensive side, but going forward, he's fantastic. Um, and let me touch on he's so cool for the penalty spot. His delivery, for the most part, is fantastic. And um, he's got more goals this season than Callum McGregor, I think. Got more goals than James Forrest. James Forrest. And so. he's one goal behind Edward in the SPFL uh, goals. I know, like people argue, well, he takes the penalties, but Edwards, a nine million striker. The fact that a right back is even near him is pretty, pretty bad. See this whole he takes or he just takes penalties. That annoys me. Like it, it does annoy me a bit because he's like as you said, he still needs to convert them. He still needs to exactly. put them away. So uh, if it was the other way about, I, I think the Celtic fans would be getting like they would try to ignore that. If you know what I'm saying? Exactly. They're just using that as an excuse. But at the end of the day. Stepping up to those, like stepping up to that penalty spot before that pressure, all those fans. It's hard. Like you think it's easy, but with fifty thousand fans expecting you to score that, and um, the keeper might be playing mind games or whatever, it is hard to convert. Um, and he does it every well, not every week, obviously, but every time he steps up to the spot, he mostly scores. Yeah. So uh, just before we move off the game, mate, um, just I want to say another thing on Aberdeen. Um, <clears throat> if I was an Aberdeen fan. I would be extremely concerned after that performance for next season because they're going to be losing Mackay Stephen, they're going to be they're going to be losing Shinny, right? That's two big players for Aberdeen. How can they replace them, right? And that's Shinny is a glue of their midfield. Mackay Stephen offers a lot of creativity, a lot of creativity in the final third. That's two big players going away in the summer. McKenna will be gone as well. Wait, sorry, what? I think McKenna will be gone as McKenna, well. McKenna, good chance McKenna could go down south. It's the future's not looking too good for Aberdeen, but then again, uh, in previous seasons, McInnes has managed to get in some replacements. But do you think the luck might be starting to run out? I'm not sure. Like, we say this every season, oh, it looks doing good for Aberdeen, but they somehow always put out the hat. And I think their days of second been coming second every season's over. So obviously that one at the weekend it confirmed second for Rangers. Um, but it's a way I think can consistently get top four going forward. Um, like I said, if McInnes is still there next season, he'll pull the rabbit out the hat again and get good replacements in. Um, if they get good money for like um, McKenna, you can spend that on the squad. So um, if I was not looking for it, I wouldn't be too worried. But um, if they don't get replacements in, I would be worried. But if I was not looking for it, I would trust McInnes to get the replacements in. It's just Shinny. I think Shinny is the the big one. Uh, they're really going to miss him. Big one, yeah. yeah, he's but the I glue. Mean, he's our captain. He is their captain. The glue keeps their midfield together. And you've seen you've seen how weak Aberdeen's midfield was against us on Sunday without Shinny. It was. It was like it was like pretty much non existent at times. Yep. And, um, and that Gleason, that Gleason, oh, he was terrible. He, I, was. I don't know how he's a footballer. He is horrific, mate. He was, oh god, he was shocking. And he looked like a wee boy running around amongst men. Yeah, exactly, and he was just hopeless. So he was. Uh, yeah, um, and, and Lewis Ferguson is a boy that I do rate, 
I really do. I think he's got a bright future in the game. Um, but, I think so as well. I think maybe yeah, once he will end up at Rangers. Um, yeah, you can also yeah. see. Sorry, Matt. You can also see that Ferguson was missing. Uh, obviously, Graham Shinney playing playing alongside Graham Shinney. You can tell he was missing him as well. He does because Shinney like, like holds the position. He he's the the kind of monster in midfield that gives Ferguson license to go forward. Um, but then when uh, Ferguson is a Gleason, obviously Gleason's not as good, so it means Ferguson has to stay back, and uh, it doesn't quite work the same. Yeah, yeah, you're right, mate. So, uh, and I just want to, like, that's the last thing I'll say about Aberdeen's uh, performance. But uh, Rangers, though, we obviously, <coughs> when Morelos got that ban, um, we were thinking, oh, God, how can we cope without Morelos? We're coping just fine. 11 goals in the last four games. Jermaine Defoe doing a fantastic job up front. Uh, all right, uh, Defoe is really sh- is starting to show his worth. Same as Stephen Davis. Yes, uh, obviously... In January, when they were both put in, they were seen as like absolutely steals, absolutely fantastic signings for Rangers. Uh, I thought, personally, I thought the four started off fine and he's only improved from there. Um, Davis was the one I was worried about. Um, but like I said, we touched on earlier, he's absolutely fantastic. Now, he earned his contract today when your, um, when your deal. Yep. Um, but yeah, like you said, Vic Morales, I think we are, at times we actually look better. We don't look like we're worrying about him getting sent off, but not relying on one person. We look more like a team. Uh, things just click a bit better. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Morelis is our best player. absolutely no doubt about that. But right now, we, we're playing much better without him. Yeah, you're right. And so that's the, the last we'll say about the, the Rangers-Aberdeen game. Good performance for Rangers. Very comfortable. Aberdeen, terrible on the day. Embarrassing, to say the least. So, um, obviously, I want to stay on the topic of Rangers. Um because there's a, a few things I want to bring up. Um, Kyle Lafferty, I want to talk about Kyle Lafferty, Matt. Um, it's looking like he will be away in the summer. Yeah, um, that's not really a surprise for me. Um, like that, he's, he can't fault his effort whatsoever. Um, he's a Rangers man. Everyone knows that. But he's not quite performed to the same heights as last season. Yes, obviously last season that's because he was the main man at Hearts and he was getting games week in week out but even so Rangers you're still expecting to do a bit more from the bench and when he has got his chances when he's started games he's not, he's not really been at it um, so if we can get some money in for him I'd, I'd be happy with that because like you say he's a bit older now he's probably on a decent wage um, so yeah I think that'd be a wise one to get him out of the door um, Did you see that bounce game that we played against Liverpool the other week the Liverpool under 23s? Yeah, we're 4-0 down at half-time. Right. Do, you know, do you know Kyle Lafferty got subbed off at half-time when we're 4-0 down? Yeah, that kind of yeah. shows. I remember Gerard saying after that game, um, something along the lines of, oh, they'll never play for Rangers again, or something. Oh, I've effect. got the quote here. I've got the quote here. I mean, that's what Gerard said um, about the game. He said, have I seen anything in the interim to show me that they've taken it on board? Uh, well, one's been injured, but they have played and starting it, but... Uh, have they played in the starting eleven? Not much. So that's your, that stands to your question. He said that to a journalist. So do you know who he's talking about there? Gredza. He's talking yeah. about Gredza. But you want to hear the three players he's basically referring to? It's Gredza, Gredza, Kyle Lafferty, and Barisic. Yeah, probably imagine. So Ankele Ballo was playing, but he was obviously a lone player. So he's yeah. not worried about him. Um, I see potential with Gredza. I think he, when when I've seen the cups of him, he does look. Good. Um, I always touch back on him and Barisic. They're coming from a different country, different culture, and they're still young men, and they get used to this. So I wouldn't get them out the door just yet. I'd give them another season just to fully adjust. Uh, but as for Lafferty, 
yeah, he's had his chances, obviously, not performing. And if we can get some money for him, get him out the door, I'd be happy with that. You see, before I, I respond to what you said about Barisic and uh, Gredsa, um, what, what do you think I want to say about Laffey? Do you know he, was, he wasn't even in the matchday squad against Aberdeen? Yeah, he's not been really in the match squad recently, uh, to my recollection. Yeah, he's not been. It's but no, it like it is. I think it's alarming for Lafferty, and it's it, like as you say, he's anytime he's been given a chance, he's really tried his heart out. But at Rangers, that's not enough. Like your effort can only go so far. You need to start producing the goods, and Kyle Lafferty's not done that at Rangers. It's simple as love the big man, but it looks like he will be off. Obviously, we're linking with and Andre Gray uh, and one or two other strikers. So yeah. if 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 we get another like it's like top striker in if we basically if we get another striker in I think that's curtains for Kyle Lafferty. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the thing with Andre Gay is obviously he's a top class player, a Premier League player. Um, I would that'd be another load. I'd rather have get someone permanent in or even look to the youth squad like Josh McPeak looks an absolute. No, Jake McPake, sorry. Um, looks an absolute. Even Ryan Hardy to a certain extent. Ryan Hardy, yeah, uh, Dapple McPuddy, so there's there's young players there um, who, could, who will make the greater Rangers, I believe, if we give them the chance. So I'd maybe give them a chance before we look at the loan market, uh, or even if we buy someone, that's fine, but I think we need to be looking at permanent players rather than these loans. Right, so I just want to respond to what you said about Barisic and Gretzer, right? Yeah. Gerard said, yeah. like, see, the thing is, right, we, I, I can agree with your point with Gretzer, like, in a, to an extent, but that. Anytime we've seen him, he's shown flashes of quality, right? But we did yeah. spend quite a bit on him, right? And he's been injured for a lot uh, of this season, right? And when you look at his stats, right, he's only played 16 times this season, right? Two goals and one assist. One assist in 16 games for a player a player like him, considering how much we spent on. I think it was like £2 million, was it? Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, we, sh- we should be expecting a lot more, right? And we've said it all season, Matt, about we've got a lot of dead wood in the squad, I think Greds, I, I, I feel sorry for him, right? But I think we, we, we should probably will end up cutting the cloth of him in the summer. I think we probably, because there's a lot, there's a lot of Deadwood at Rangers. I think he, he will be on the list of the Deadwood that will need to go. Because what's the point in keeping a player like him who's going to be on quite a bit, I'd imagine, like on the wage bill when he's always in, uh, injured? Yeah, see, that's the issue I have maybe with the recruitment policy teams, because we always buy players every season, and every season we're always saying they're Deadwood. So. I don't think there's a problem with the transfer policy or for Dave Allen, Dave, uh, the uh, chair, not chairman, the, the director of football. Uh, maybe something wrong there because, like I said, every season we're getting these players in, like Bruno Alves comes to mind, Grez, like you said, these players who come in with yeah. good expectations and then the season we're saying they're dead wood. I mean, to me, it seems like there's something not quite right there. Um, I'd give Grez that chance, but I can understand why people would want him to go. Maybe a wee loan spill would maybe give him the wonder of good, I don't know. Um, but I, I can see where you're coming from but at the end of the day every season is always dead wood why is that that's what I'd be looking at yeah that's, fair, that's a fair point and then Barisic you know my thoughts on Barisic uh, he's not lived up to what I expected I think Barisic has been the, the worst out of the bunch for me Like not counting loan signings I'm just talking about the players that we've bought I think he's been the worst out of the bunch he's been really disappointing for me um, he started off okay but being you've been said for a long time at Ibrox looks like deer in the headlights defensively he's not sound whatsoever I, I don't think he's got the mentality to play for Rangers and he's not shown me enough and I think that's what Gerard was basically referring to as well and yeah. uh, rumour has it in the papers that those three could look certain those three guys will be off uh, and I think left back that's a 
a position we've struggled with this season. You've we've been chopping and changing a lot. We've not had a, a solid left back uh, playing that position all season. And Haldi, yes, can do a job there. But I, mean, I, I would rather get a natural left back there. Games. Sorry, what? Yeah, I've seen Fanagan's done right in the last few he's, games. Ah, he's been okay. He's been options. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, we want a consistent uh, left-back, if you know what I'm saying. We want a left-back play, playing there every single week. We, we can't keep chopping and changing. But Halliday, we're going... That, instead of, like, Halliday, no, we'll go Fanagan this week, no, we'll go Barisic this week, or whatever. Like, we can't be doing that for yeah, me. So, a left-back in the summer, uh, that's what we need to get. Uh, a left-back, and obviously there's other, other areas in the squad that we need to strengthen in, but left-back... That's what that should be one of our top priorities. Yeah, I think Mark Allen, uh, Mark Allen, and uh, Stephen Gerrard will also have a sit down and look at targets, um, and hopefully this time not rushing to not maybe not rushing to the treasures, but maybe think about them a bit more carefully this time. Because um, I heard Wallace, uh, he was an interesting rumor actually. Uh, I touch on talking about left backs. I heard Wallace is done the United are interested in him. I think Lee Wallace can do a hell of a lot better than done United. Um, yeah, I really do. I I seen Lee Wallace is like with the likes of Hearts and. Uh, various other SPFL clubs. Um, I don't know what he'll do. I, I, I still. I think I, he'll go to Hearts. Uh, maybe Hearts, because uh, I think. I can't see him going to Dundee United. Uh, I don't see that happening. Unless they get promoted, but I can't see that happening either. Either, I think he'll stay in Scotland because yeah. I think he's very settled. He's family settled here, yeah. So I think Hearts are probably uh, most likely. But if he was to go down south, I think it would just be. If he was to, I think it would be some maybe a team in Upper League One Championship level and. I, I think it'll just be down there for maybe a year or two. It, I don't yeah. think it'll be a long-term thing. But for me, you know my thoughts on Lee Wallace. I, if it was up to me, if I was Gerald, I would be starting Lee Wallace. He would be my first choice at left-back. Um, but uh, obviously, Gerald's the manager and he, his opinion on Wallace has soured since the start of the season and he will be off. But yeah, I can see him potentially going to uh, maybe another club in Scotland. I think it would be Hearts. Done the right, I, I don't think they can match his wages. I think Hearts could... Offer him more money than what Dunyan Wright could offer him because Lee yeah, Wallace is earning a, a, a decent wage packet at Rangers, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I see, I definitely can't see him like not going abroad or anything. I don't see that unless he gets to offer a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, no, I, I can't, I, I didn't seem like to a person to me that would go abroad. Um, but yeah, Dunyan Wright matches wages, that's just the rumour I've heard. They're interested, but interest doesn't necessarily mean anything concrete will happen. Um, but yeah, no, I think obviously going back to uh, life back position like Mark Allen and Stephen Gerrard we'll need to look at that as a priority one of the priorities anyway uh, maybe another striker um, but things are looking good in the last few weeks and <laughs> hopefully we can keep this going forward until next season oh yeah you're absolutely right mate absolutely right so we've got uh, Declan Zowney flooring back into Scott's score Declan welcome to the show again big man alright mate how are you doing I'm not too bad mate not too bad so uh, what's your question uh, obviously, we kind of spoke about it a bit earlier on. Uh, just the game on Sunday against Hibs. Um, just wanted to get your prediction and uh, what you think the lineup's going to be. Uh, maybe uh-huh. any changes TVG might uh, might change, might take off. What, what's your thoughts? Um, I don't think it'll change too much, mate. <clears throat> if I'm being honest, I think it'll basically keep the start in eleven the way it is just now. I don't see many changes uh, happening. Obviously, Morelos will be back uh, this Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, me and Matt are both in agreement that Morelos should not start Jermaine Defoe uh, as we were saying earlier he's been playing superb ever since uh, come back into the side so for me Defoe has to start Defoe's been superb and uh, Matthew uh, you, do you see any ch- big changes that uh, happen with the Rangers team this Sunday? Um, I don't see any big changes I think Morelos will be back um, I think he'll be back for the 
changes no um, hopefully young Josh McPake's on the bench I'd like to see him give him a wee run out before the end of the season um, but as for the starting lineup, I don't see any massive changes um, the only one I can maybe see is like the touch on the other maybe the left up position maybe Farragut will drop out but I don't see any reason why he change it um, so the system's been working really well uh, the only thing you would really change personnel like I said but no I think it'll He'll go with the same lineup against it. They did for Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it'll change too much. I was, as I was saying, but uh, a wee thing on Hibbs. Hibbs have been ever since Paul Higginbottom uh, came into Hibbs. He's been playing super. Like he's been, he's been doing a fantastic job so far. He's only lost one game, and that was against uh, Celtic in the cup. Uh, Celtic. Yeah, yeah, and Hibbs have not lost a, a league game ever since he's uh, came into the club. And they, it, he's really surprised me. Hibs have been playing some decent stuff, and they look like they're playing with a bit of confidence right now. So it will be a tough game, mate. Like Rangers have not beaten Hibs at all this season. Like we've played Hibs three times this season, and we've drew every single one. But in seeing the three games we've played against Hibs, we've been the better team, but we've just not been able to like really take our chances against them. No, we haven't. I think we need to learn from what we've done against Aberdeen. Obviously. We've had two results against Aberdeen this season and we got the result we wanted uh, last weekend. So hopefully we, we take confidence from that going into Sunday's game and they finally get that demon off our backs to get the win over uh, Hibs. But I think they'll be, the tough, uh, they'll be a tougher test in Aberdeen for sure, I think. Uh, Paul Heckenbottom, like you say, is going to play some great stuff and really improved. Um, so it will be a tough game, but I, I do fancy our chances. Yeah, because um, obviously recently we've been playing with some confidence. We've been picking up wins, eleven goals in the past four games. Um, we just look like we're, we're, it looks like we're playing without any pressure. It looks like the Rangers players are going out there and and enjoying their football, and it just looks like we're playing some free flowing attacking football, some tidy stuff, and so yeah, I think we have enough to. Beat Hibs this Sunday, I really do. Um, Hibs, we need to watch out. They could maybe play us in the counter attacking game. They've, they've done that last time. They hit us in the, the break, even though their goal should not have stood. It was a clear foul on Tavernier, but they still hit us in the break. And that's one thing we need to be wary of at Ibrox against the uh, Hibs. But I think we will get the job done. And I'm going to say, going to go for a, a 2 0 win, Rangers. A 2 0 win. 2 0 win. Mm. What about uh, yourself, Deco? Uh, I'm thinking 2-1, 2-1 Rangers 2-1 uh, uh, Aye Matty T um, I'm going to be brave here and I'm going to say 3-0 3-0 mm-hmm. So um, Deco, was there anything else you want to bring up? Uh, uh, well, obviously uh, 2-2 and obviously 2-1 Rangers But I'm going to Um, I obviously we'll do we'll go into detail about it next week. Um like we'll go into more detail but honestly mate, I, I'll say this now. Um I definitely fancy our chances, I do, because ever since Lennon's came into Celtic, Celtic have not looked convincing whatsoever and we've touched on it uh, on the previous uh, a couple uh, pod in, uh, a couple weeks ago. See the old thumb game. Celtic did not play all that well. We gifted them two goals in that game. And second half, I thought we were the better team against Celtic. And we had uh, ten men. Kent was all the partner. He was uh, he, he brought it back. Yeah, exactly, mate. So don't get me wrong, right? Playing Celtic will always be tough. But we beat them last time at Ibrox, and we look 
Like you like seeing you look at it right when you look at both teams over the last month or so. We look like the team that's playing with confidence. We look we look like a championship one side. That's what we look like right now. I'm not saying throughout the whole season. I'm talking about last month when you compare how the two teams are playing. Celtic just eh, like winning games by one goal. Um, they they've drew f- eh, f- eh, 0-0 three times since Lens came back. So as I said, they've not looked convincing. Celtic just. They're, they're nicking wins, they're nicking wins, but Rangers, in the last month or so, ever since that Old Firm defeat, have been battering teams left, right and centre. Mm. Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely have been. Um, and obviously, if Rangers didn't get sent off, we would have hung to draw, I, I do believe that, or even could have got the win. Um, but yeah, Celtic, like Scott touched on, have been very poor recently, um, and if we can shut them out, which I do believe we can, we can take them eyebrows like we did in December, um, if we take inspiration from that, that from that performance against a Celtic team or even worse now, um, there's no reason why we can't win. Yeah, I, I just that, yeah, that's the thing, mate. And if Aberdeen uh, managed to beat Celtic this weekend at Pataudry, um Celtic all Celtic needed is a point to win the league at Ibrox, so that'll be an extra incentive for the Rangers players. Where we do not want them to win the league at Ibrox, so that could be an like an extra motivation. So, yeah, Celtic, it seems like, I said it last week in the pod, it seems like Celtic are just stuttering their way towards the league title. They're just, just yeah. getting just getting by, just, it, it's been very sluggish. So yeah, it's I been... Mean, I mean, also, I'm not saying it's going to happen whatsoever, but if they lose the last three games and we win it, the title is ours, I'm saying that's also not going to happen. They only just one point <coughs> yep. um, from the next three games. Um, but, like, the fact that there's three games left and it's still not wrapped up, it's pretty concerning. Yeah, as and there's an interesting thing I want to bring up, right? Obviously, about Neil Lennon. See if Neil Lennon was given the job full time, right? See if he's given the job full time, right? Do you think the pressure of him, the pressure of him trying to get ten in a row, could get to him? Do you think mentally it will affect him? Because obviously we know he's had mental health issues in the past, right? Do you think if he was to achieve nine, right, in the last season they're going for ten? Right, and he's not able to do that. Do you think the pressure would just get to him? He'll just lose it. He would just like lose the plot, and that. And if he doesn't deliver ten, that would taint his legacy. I don't care what anyone says. That would taint his legacy. Yeah, I, I, it probably would. To be honest, I mean, people say, "Oh, he started it. He's going to finish it." That's all well, but he needs to actually do it. Um, and like you said, he's obviously had mental health issues. Let's obviously never want to see anyone with that. Don't care who you are. Um, that could possibly get to him, um, and that's not something we'd want to see. Like just human beings in general, we don't want to see that. Um, so I think maybe the Celtic board would have that think about that as well. Um, I don't think we'll get the job permanently. I really don't. But if he does, that could become a factor, um, and that could open the door for Rangers. Um, but regardless, I don't think he's going to get it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we said it last week when Tony phoned in. See. If Lennon was to deliver the treble treble, he'll say to the board, right, I've done what you asked me to do. I think I've done more enough to get the job. So he would have a good case for getting the Celtic job. But do the fans want to see it? No, they don't. So it would be interesting to see what will happen. But if he wasn't to get the job, I think his relationship with the board could sever because of that if he was to deliver the treble treble. And long long term going forward, I think... I'd, like If Celtic were ever in this situation again where... They get a new manager, then eventually walks out halfway through the season. Would Lennon want to come back? 
and do that again like I'm just going to be substitute t- uh, teacher for the end of the season then that'll be me uh, I, he could say I don't want to do that again because I'll just get you over t- uh, the line to the end of the season then you'll just get rid of me yeah no exactly um, but I think the Celtic board already know what they're going to do at the end of the season regardless of what Neil Lennon does Possibly they don't win in that, um, so it won't come as a, as a surprise when he doesn't get the job for him anyway. Um, but yeah, I do believe Celtic will know what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, if, like like you said, if Lennon doesn't get the job, if he doesn't know that already, uh, and he doesn't get the job, he'll obviously be quite annoyed. And if it, like you said, if it goes tits up and he comes, has to come in again, he won't do it. So it's a very tricky situation for the board and Neil Lennon um, either way. Yeah, exactly, mate. So, Ed, is there anything else you want to bring up, Declan, before we let you go? Hey, no, that's, that's all, mate. That's aye, or, aye, so let's bounce this. I want to tell you thing in that. You've been up in the studio in Govan recently, haven't you, big man? Working on new mixes? Uh, I have. Just been putting some stuff together. Um, Uh, get recording and stuff so bring it back out uh, you look like you're in your uh, element so you do uh, I mean uh, stuff mate so where can people find out Let's Bounce uh, on, my, on my SoundCloud uh, you can find that on SoundCloud uh, DCO uh, it's my main page uh, if I listen on it uh, give it a wee shake on there uh, that'd be great uh, no worries mate so good uh, to have you on as always I'm going to get you back on next uh, week to talk about the old firm aye uh, definitely absolutely good stuff my man so Deco I'll speak to you soon my man thanks for rolling in uh, ok so, Matt, we'll move on. We'll talk about the Ermey Derby from uh, Sunday. It was one each uh, yep. between the two teams at Easter Road. What do you make of the game? Um, I thought it was a decent enough uh, derby game, uh, decent enough Edinburgh derby. Uh, I thought Hibs were the much better team. I think they should have really came away with all three points. Um, Hearts would have their moments in the second half. Um, obviously got the equaliser. Mm-hmm. But I think Hibs will be disappointed they didn't get the three points because they were all over. Hearts, for the most part, and um, they made some really good um, plays, really good movement off the ball. Um, and Hearts were pretty poor, and you'll be very lucky to go up point. And you missed a penalty too. Uh, Hibs missed a penalty. Do you think it was a penalty? I think it was for me. I think it was, yeah. It was a, definitely a penalty. Uh, Mark McNulty, since he's come up to Hibs. That was a terrible a penalty. You <laughs> can see what he's trying to do. You can see he was trying to blast it into the side net and give the keeper no chance. But if you don't get that, just say <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, it was an awful penalty, and that. If that went in, obviously, it should have won the match, so we're very disappointed with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, honestly, for me, I thought it was fairly even. Uh, I thought a point was a fair result on the day. Uh, it was There wasn't a whole lot of quality between teams, especially in the final third. Um, defensively, I thought Hearts were pretty sound. Christoph Berra was a real standout, but <laughs> it was a shame for the big man. He scored one terrific own goal, didn't he? It was, I mean, quite a few stories from, like you said, he's... Your terrific old game as he has been all season for Hearts, um, and it was just a, it was just a piece of bad luck. Um, but I think Hibs, like I said, Hibs there to get a goal, got a goal. Obviously, they would have preferred the ones their own players to score it. But yeah, pushing back and better, you have to feel sorry for him because he did not deserve that. Yeah, he was superb uh, for Hearts and Ekpiesu. That's how we say it. I've been butchering. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
he obviously he gave away the penalty, but the big man made up for it uh, by scoring by scoring a terrific goal. I thought. Was after he got the ball, he held it up well. He shoved off, must have been with three or four Hibs defenders. He's passed out wide, he's got the ball back, and it was a great finish. Um, I don't think he, if he continues this form, he's a fantastic player. Like this, but he, he really is. Because he continues this form, I don't see him being at Hearts next season. See, if I'm, um, no, see when I look at it though, mate, I, like I think the guy's. Uh, what, what age is he? He's he's fairly young, is he not? He's in his twenties. Yeah, right. See, if, I know what you're saying. Mate. I wouldn't say he's fantastic, right? But I, I'll give the guy time because he's only. He's played like eighteen odd games this season, right? And he's only scored like four goals, right? But recently he's been quite impressive, and yeah, he's. I think he could build on it for, from his recent form going on to next season because he is. He holds the ball up tremendously, like tremendously well. He's really strong, um. So that's one of his two top assets, like the fact that he's really strong, great at linking up uh, play, and his finishing's a bit iffy, but obviously he can improve in that. And exactly. yeah, if he finishes season well. Uh, and if, uh, and if uh, he keeps playing with this confidence, he can, I think he can have a good season next season for sure. Definitely, and like you said, he's not, he's not about, he's really not. He's obviously striking where he goes, but he's not really about the goals. He's about the hold up play, and he's probably arguably the strongest player in the league. He's an absolute unit of a man. Um, his finish against Hibs was a really good finish. Yeah. So if he, like you say, he's improved, and that's something you can improve on. With good coaches behind you and telling you what to do, finishing is an easy thing to. So I want to talk about Paul, Paul Higginbottom. He yep. sees comments after the game. Uh, I miss his comments. Uh, it was basically he was talking about the fourth official and he said the fourth official swore at him. Uh, oh yeah, yeah the fourth I've official swore at him it. and he said that if that was anywhere else he would have knocked his teeth out. Um, yeah, I don't no, think I those. Know, I, yeah. yeah, I don't think those co- comments were exactly appropriate, were they? Not at all. I mean, obviously, if the fourth official swore at him. You go to the the correct. You go to the SFA or you go to wherever you need to um, and get it sorted out. You don't come out and say, "Well, I've knocked your teeth out." Yeah, it's completely unprofessional from your manager, um, and it's, it just shows like if the player's looking at the manager saying, "Oh, if he's saying that and doing that, why can't we do that?" Um, total lack of professionalism. Regardless, if the players were at you, you need to go through the right channels to get it sorted. You, you don't come out in the media and and, and basically threaten the guy. Um, it's absolutely banging order. I imagine he'd get a fine for that. Oh uh, yeah, the SFA are aware of his comments. That's for sure. But the other thing, though, as well, is that there's a reason why the fourth official was sworn at him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, if the fourth official swore at him, he's going to be Yeah, so I see a ban uh, coming for the big man. So, yeah, yeah I, don't I mean, they're quite strong comments, so I imagine he won't be in the touchline on Sunday. I can see him being out for the rest of the season. There's guys, a good chance that will happen. Yeah, that's for sure. I don't know if he's actually been charged or anything yet, but they are aware of his comments. Yeah, so they're probably just like figuring out what to do, what the punishment's going to be. Um, yeah. 
but I think the right the right thing to do is ban him for the rest of the season because I mean that's basically threatening someone, um, and that's absolutely not on. Um, so yeah, I imagine he, he, won't, he won't be he won't be in touch with Sunday. I'll put, I'll put it that way. So, um, is there anything else you want to touch on about the Edinburgh Derby? I thought, for me, I know you think Hibs were the better team should have won it. Um, for me, I thought a draw was uh, the fair result. Because, obviously, even when you look at the stats, to a certain extent, right, I know Hibs had more shots, right? But when you look at the shots on target, it, they both had the same amount of shots on target, four. And possession, it was... Like, Hibs just had a little bit more possession throughout the whole game, but not by a great deal. But I don't think... I think, overall, there was... There was there wasn't a whole lot of quality in the in the game. There wasn't, but I, I think Hibbs edged for me. But I like to give a shout out to both keepers. I think both Edinburgh clubs have got fantastic keepers. Um, that's why I mentioned that because I think both of them made really good saves throughout the game. And um, apart well, there wasn't much quality, but those two keepers I think were the real quality in the game. Mm, yeah, and uh, the keepers as well, obviously. Yeah, the two keepers were superb. So. I uh, just want to move on and talk a little bit about Scotland. And yep. so there's been various updates in the media um, about the Scotland job and some of the candidates that are linked with the job. They are frightening, to say the least, Matthew. Extremely worrying, and they don't give me any hope whatsoever. <laughs> me neither. From what I've heard, the two frontrunners are David McInnes and um, David Moyes. Um, they're the two favourites, the two front runners, but like yeah, it's not done in dust yet. Like you said, some of the names mentioned they're a bit questionable. Um, hey, a, a, bit, like said, <laughs> a bit, a bit questionable. American, the American guy, Bruce Arena. I was telling you about him before we came on air. Bruce Arena, yeah. that is, oh, that does not fill me with confidence. The guy, it, it, of course, like I think it was like God, like fifteen years ago, he took America to the I think it was the quarterfinals of the World Cup, but that was right. two thousand two. Right, that was 2002, right? Games moved on, right? And his last job was with America and he couldn't even take them to the World Cups, the World Cup final. The World Cup I final, mean, sorry. He couldn't even take them to the 2018 World Cup. So, yeah, and he's never shock, managed... That was a big shock. Yeah. America have got a really good... Yeah, Yeah, and Bruce Arena's not managed out with the United States... So that is well. That's just a backwards appointment if we do decide to go for him. Because what does he know about Scottish football? You know exactly. And I mean, like, I like I want a foreign manager, but one who's based in Europe obviously knows about Scotland. This guy, no, it's a, it'd be a totally wrong, wrong direction. Yeah, and Spenjor Nelson, if you remember him, the ex England manager. I mean, that would be maybe a bit controversial because obviously he managed England and he's been managed Scotland. Um, it may not be that controversial, but it would still be pretty big news. It would be a disastrous um, appointment, mate. That guy hasn't won a trophy in 30-plus years, right? He and his last job was with the Philippines, and he got sacked. Exactly. I mean, he's a, he's a journeyman, to say the least. Yeah, he's a journeyman, right? And he's, like, 72. Why would yeah. we appoint this guy? That would just be... I think it'll be the worst out the bunch if we go for Sven Jorn Eriksson. I mean, another name that's mentioned as well is Mark, Mark Wilmots. Uh, uh, no, Mark, Mark Watts. Is it? No, no, Mark he's... Uh, no, no, I think... Uh, are you t- no, he, I think he's German. Uh, who are you talking? Mark who? Mark Wilmots. Uh, don't know. He's the, he was the Belgian manager before um, Martinez. Uh-huh. Um, and he didn't do great with Belgium. Obviously, they've got world-class players there and he didn't really do much. Martinez has come in and obviously done slightly better. Well, not... 
I think it, I'm going to say my, I'm going to make my, my uh, prediction who will be the next Scotland manager I think it will be David Moyes uh, so I, I think, think I'm so going to say it now I think it will be David Moyes it's not going to be that exciting I'm not going to crap all over it it'll be like eh okay that's what it is as you, you said I think on last week's podcast we can do a lot worse than David Moyes um, we could I mean he's done his last job it was West Ham yeah. and he's done he could have arguably could have done he's done well enough to get the job Obviously got Pellegrini in and Pellegrini's just, you know, different gravy, but um, wouldn't be the worst appointment in the world. Um, he's got experience, he's obviously Scottish, he isn't that old, um, he's probably the, kind of perfect age. Um, he knows Scottish so, football to a certain extent. You know, like, put it this way, he, I, I, he comes across a guy who watches Scottish football. Yeah, of course, I mean, he's Scottish. Yeah, he knows uh, Scottish players, yeah, exactly, he's Scottish, he'll... He'll be in touch and to a, a certain extent, yeah. I don't think he's yeah. like a dinosaur entirely. I don't think, he, don't think he's a, I mean, a dinosaur of the game. Only a few years ago was the manual manager, you know? And we all know how well that, we know how, we all know how well that went. But we've got like, every manager since Ferrigi's been largely disappointing, so you can't really blame him. I know, um, but, but we all know like how bad that was for David Moyes at Man United. But yeah, yeah but I'd probably say... I mean, you look at all the candidates uh, that have since Ferguson left. When you look at it, Moyes is by far the worst. Like, yeah, Louis Van Gaal was poor, but at least he could win something. Uh, Mourinho, Mourinho, yes, he underachieved dramatically, but he still was able to deliver a European trophy and a League Cup. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think it was basically Ferguson's choice to hire Moyes. Um, I doubt the board would have went from if it wasn't for Ferguson. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, like I said, like, going back to the Scotland job, uh, Moyes, it wouldn't actually be the worst appointment. Wouldn't be the best, but um, it'd be a kind of safe fish pair of, hand, pair, pair of hands. And I'm sure um, we can get the best out of it. Best out of the squad. I hope so, I hope so. Um, but it's even, you just said that there about a safe pair of hands. It's just giving me flashbacks to when McLeish was appointed and I said it was that same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I say for a hand. I think, see the thing about when we appoint someone, we're saying a safe pair of hands. I, I think we need to get rid of that because we want someone who's just at least going to get us to Euro 2020. Like, we don't want a safe pair of hands anymore. We want someone who's going to be the future for Scotland. If you know what I'm saying. We want someone who's going to take Scotland forward like for years to come. And yeah. Moyes, could he be that guy? Maybe. Um Money won't be an issue. That's a good thing. Money will not be an issue for Davy Moyes. He did say that uh, the other day. Well, I know it was um, Ian McCall that said that. Sorry, Ian McCall, who's pals with Davy Moyes, said that money would not be an issue. And Moyes yeah, is set for life. Manu, so. Exactly. <laughs> he got paid off six million at Manu, and he's been in managing uh, an EPL his whole career, effectively. So uh, yeah, I think he's not going to worry about money. That's for sure. Definitely, I know he'll do it because he's. Because he's a Scottish man, he wants to do well for Scotland, so money wouldn't be an issue whatsoever. Um, but let's have a look at the other frontrunner, McInnes. Um, apparently having Moyes are the favourites. What, what, what do you think McInnes would be better than Moyes? Or? Um, I think they would be the exact same, if I'm being honest. Pardon me. Um, I don't see McInnes taking it on. 
Because McInnes actually said, I think it was last week, that he would love to manage Scotland one day, but not right now. So yeah. I think he can effectively rule him out. Because um, for some reason, he just seems very consent at Aberdeen. I can see him being at Aberdeen for years on end, if I'm being honest, I mate. Think, I think he's in this kind of bubble, he's this safety bubble of Aberdeen, where he he doesn't want to go out and really proper challenge himself. Um, mate, no disrespect to McInnes, but he, he's in the safety bubble. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's never going to get fired. He knows he'll most likely always get a top four finish. And um, yeah, he's in this kind of safety bubble where he doesn't want to leave it. And I um, mean, yeah, I don't see it happening either. He won't want to leave this comfort bubble. Um, but if he does miraculously want the job and get it, um, I think it would be a fairly decent appointment as well. He obviously knows. Scottish football inside out arguably better right now than David Moyes um, so I don't think he'd be the worst either but Moyes is probably the one that's getting it yeah I think so too mate I think so too so <clears throat> anything else you want to add on the Scotland situation before we move on and talk about uh, Celtic and Kilmarnock no not really no. apart from obviously my own opinion is I think we should go for like, a foreign manager um, but if Moyes gets it it wouldn't, wouldn't be the worst point Robbie Nielsen no, no chance. I would love that. See the scenes. Oh, the scenes have you got appointed. Um, right, so we'll move on. Uh, Celtic beat Kamarak 1-0 at the weekend to yeah. move just an edge closer to the league title. All Celtic, all Celtic need is a point. So, Matt, what did you think of uh, the game at Parkhead? It was a nice tribute to, obviously, Billy McNeil, who passed was, away the other week. Um, num- number five, uh, getting the goal, which is which is, um, which is very nice to see uh, from a Celtic point of view. But I thought it was a pretty drab game, if I'm being honest. Um, I think Kelly arguably could have got more. Um, they had a few chances. Uh, the best one was probably when Burke was in on goal and hit it straight to the keeper, um, out of the side of uh, the keeper that was in. Um, and Celtic really had to dig deep to get the to get the winner. And it was a decent header by uh, Simonovic. But overall, Celtic weren't convincing and they just kind of scraped over the... Yeah, exactly, and they were, see they're, sh- they're shooting throughout the whole game, mate, I thought it was rather poor, six shots in target, six shots in target out of 27 shots, that is really poor. That's a terrible um, percentage of shots in target compared to obviously the shots that they've taken, um, and just under Rodgers, right, also I know in these last couple of weeks Rodgers, they weren't playing well, but... The vast majority of the team Rodgers was there They were very clinical Celtic um, They really missed chances um, As we know as Rangers fans We know that all too well um, They were very clinical But now recently on the Lennon They've lost that kind of that, Almost that fear factor That clinicalness And teams yeah. not afraid of them anymore yeah. And when Celtic going forward They don't really know What they're doing uh, That's what it seems to me anyway yeah. And Yes I wouldn't say it's worrying At this moment in time Because obviously they're still winning games They're still Getting there in the end, but I, I know Kamarnock are a very stubborn team. We all know that Steve Clark sets them up very, very well. But at home and a big week for Celtic, you expect a much better performance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and obviously Kamarnock, I think they'll be quite disappointed they never left with anything because Kamarnock definitely deserved to get something from that game. That's for sure. Oh, definitely. They definitely, definitely. did. And uh, as we're seeing, Kamarnock, they play a lot of good stuff. They're very well organised. Very, very difficult to break down at times. So they are, and we say it. We say it all season, every single week. Steve Clark, what a job he's done there! What a phenomenal job he's done there. Kamara have been punching way above their weight uh, ever since Clark came in, but I think that's just a testament to how good Steve Clark is 
as a, as, as a manager No I agree and obviously after the Aberdeen game he, he's lost a few players but he still managed to um, set them up very well um, and like I said Buck could have scored uh, he had a few other chances um, so Clark and Kamarnik will come away disappointed from that and they can take that uh, they can take heart from that going into the next game um, but no Celtic going back to Celtic they really should have broke down Kamarnik a bit more and got a few more goals um, especially as I said touching on the fact that Kamarnik had a few players missing yeah. um, but no I think Clark really should have got a point out of that at the very least yeah, and and as we we're saying, Celtic were really lacking that that cutting edge in the final third, especially. And yes, they're getting over the line. That's all that matters at this point in the end of the season. But long term, going forward, learning that kind of football doesn't really inspire. Uh, if I was a Celtic fan, it wouldn't really inspire me. If I was a Celtic fan, that's for sure. No, not at all. I know a lot of Celtic fans aren't happy um, at the moment, quite rightly so. Uh, I think. Obviously Scott Sinclair, he obviously signed that extension, but I think that's just to get money out of him. Um, if he does go in the summer, I think there needs to be a big clear out. Uh, it seems like Lennon, the loan players that were brought in in January, like Wea, Burke, um, whoever else, he doesn't, he doesn't really seem to fancy them for whatever reason. No, he doesn't. Maybe, maybe it's because they're not going to be there next season and he's, he's planning for the future, just in case he does get the job, but he doesn't seem to fancy them for whatever reason. And that's leaving him only really with Edward up front. Um, who like we touched on throughout the season hasn't really performed to the level he really should be yeah exactly he's not lived up to that fee at all he's not <clears throat> so yes three points clean sheet at home convincing performance from Celtic no but yes another step towards the league title but as I said earlier when Dalton phoned in and I think I said it last week as well Celtic are stuttering their way towards this league title they are I mean it should be wrapped up Weeks ago, let's be honest. Um, and like, 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 like I said earlier, it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. But if they lose the last three games and we win it, Rangers win the title. Um, and if they don't, if that, if that happens, right, let's just say that happens, right? That will be absolutely shambolic um, from Celtic. Yep. They're blown ten in a row. Um, they might still get the the Scottish Cup. For that will be a hard luck consolation. Um, it's not going to happen like I say it's not going to happen but if it does it would be absolute carnage at Celtic it would be an absolute miracle it would be I think it would yeah. be one of the greatest comebacks in Scottish football history if that was to happen I know it would be um, but I think I think they'll get the job done at Aberdeen right listen to this one right here's my wee theory right say Aberdeen beat Celtic this weekend and we beat we, Celtic at Ibrox the final day yeah. right Kamarnock versus Rangers at Rugby Park then you've got Celtic v Hearts, a Parkhead. That'll be that'll that'll be some weekend. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine Hearts cost Celtic the league title. Hearts that coming back to young. haunt Craig Levine coming back to haunt Neil Lennon. Yeah, I think it'll be amazing because obviously Hearts won earlier on in the season. Carol um, after you got the winner, uh, Hearts will win again. This time it would be the cost of the title. That would be absolute scenes. Um, but we're living, we're living in Dreamland because I think Celtic will be Aberdeen at the at the weekend. Yes, and I just want to bring up a wee thing, right? Uh, is it before we, in fact, it, it, it's before we move on from Celtic Commanders, anything else you want to bring up about it? About the game? Uh, not really, no. I thought it was obviously a nice tribute for Billy McNeil, the number five. Uh, Jose Simonovic got the goal. 
thought that was quite nice. And apart from that, it was a very trap game. Come on, arguably, should have got a point. Celtic, from their point of view, should have um, been a lot more clinical. Yeah. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, they still got the three points and they can win the league title at the weekend. Yeah, so I just want to touch on the, the players that are nominated for the PFA and Matt, who are the players that are actually nominated? The ones I know are um, Ryan Kent, uh, Alfredo Morelos, James Forrest and who else? Who's the fourth one? Uh, Callum McGregor. Callum McGregor, right. So I think everyone expected those four players to get nominated for it. Um, so what, what's your thoughts on it? Alfredo Morelos, every, yes, that is totally justified. Morelos, top goal scorer in Scotland this season. Uh, yeah. Totally deserved. Um, obviously Ryan Kent totally deserves it he's been phenomenal this season um, yeah. James Forrest too he's had a great season also um, <clears throat> scored a lot of goals created a lot of assists um, and Cal McGregor who's been the heartbeat of Celtic's midfield uh, for me So and he's been really clinical in front, like, in front of goal been very creative and he's been uh, and going forward as well he's played a, a big part in a lot of Celtic uh, a, lot of Celtic, uh, a lot of Celtic schools sorry uh, yeah, no, actually, I think you can't argue with those four. Um, can't argue with those four whatsoever. Do you uh, think, think yeah, Morelos would have got it if he didn't have the incident at, at Parkhead? Um, I think that's him Bowie's chance of getting player of the year. Um, so I think it'll go to uh, James Forrest. I think, I don't think it's necessarily that incident at Parkhead that's really cost Morelos. I think it's his disciplinary record throughout the whole season that's cost the guy. Yeah. yeah, no, he's been very, obviously, disciplined this season's been absolutely shocking. Five red cards. Five red cards. I know a few have been rescinded, but regardless, you're given the ref decision to make. And um, if, if that, that may have played a part in him not, I don't think he'll get it right. But if he didn't have that discipline record, he would definitely got it. But that's definitely hampered his chances. Yeah. Uh, here's another question, Fred. I'm going to bring this up for you, right? I can understand why James Forrest is being nominated for player like player of the year, right? I do. Right? Yeah. He's had a great season. He really has, right? He's had a phenomenal season, right? So it's not, it's, I can it's, I can understand that why he's in it. I think he does deserve it, right? But do you think it's a bit harsh that James Tavenier's not nominated for player of the year? I mean, this is a top four mine, so he would have been maybe it may have been number five, who knows? Because um, this is like throughout the season, and this is the top four, so he might be number five for all we know. Um, but to not be in the top four, if that's what you're asking, it could be a bit harsh. But obviously, it's the players who vote for it, and yeah. um, it's maybe it's harsh. But at the end of the day, because of voting for the other ones who play with these players, who play against these players, yeah. So I can I can see why he's not in the top four. Because um, see, listen to this stat, Matt. Right, James Tavenier. Right, thirteen goals this season. 14 assists, right? James Forrest, 11 goals, 9 assists. Yeah, no, um, obviously, Tav's got more there, but obviously, the argument is, well, Forrest is on for a treble, he's in a title-winning team, um, who's all conquering at the moment, um, and he's been their best player, so that's probably the argument for that. Um, but no, like, I can see why it would be harsh on Tav, but like I said, for all we know, he could be, be number 5. Yeah, I think it's an interesting uh, point to bring up, though, like, Tavenier is much as we do criticise him for some of his flaws, I think overall the guy has had a good season. He has. And yes, he can be frustrating at times, but he's the best right back in Scotland by a country mile. No yes. one is on his level when it comes to going forward. Nobody. Absolutely not. I mean, he's 
played with Dutch on early, fantastic going forward. The only issue is he's defending, but that's improved this season. But he is, he just get caught out a bit too much from my liking. Um, but yeah, oh, like, going forward, he's, he's good. He's definitely the best straight back in, in uh, Scotland, no question about that whatsoever. Mm, but I, I can't understand why he's not in the top four. Uh, but regardless, who cares about his individual awards? Taz needs to be looking at what he can do for Rangers. So, is there anything else you want to bring up uh, before we go on to the fixtures? Well, let's have a look at the young player of the year, shall we? We've got uh, oh, yeah, J- J.K. Stay, Turnbull, Ryan Kent and uh, Lewis Ferguson. Oh, um, uh-huh. I think they're all very good candidates. Uh, Turnbull's been absolutely fantastic for Motherwell this season. Um, Hasty obviously, has had a fantastic second half of the season. Obviously, early's move to, to Rangers. Um... And Lewis Ferguson has obviously been fantastic for Aberdeen, been one of the heartbeat, one of the heartbeats of their midfield. Um, but for me, the winner's got to be Ryan Kent. Let me touch on reasons earlier. Yeah. Um, but I think all four of them could easily win it. But for me, it's got to be Kent. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so you think? Give me your prediction, right? Who do you right? If it was, it was up to you, right? It was up to you. Who would like take your your blue tinted specs off your right? Who would you give the the player of the year award to and the young player of the year award to? The PFA right. one, right? Who would you give it to? Right, player of the year, I'd give it to Alfredo. Like obviously, both tinted glasses are off. He's a top goal scorer. He's got a decent amount of assists, um, and he's vastly improved over last season. I mean, last season he was fantastic as well, but this season he's taken up a notch. And without his goals, I don't know where we'd be. Um, so that be my player of the year young player of the year I don't like over two Rangers players but, uh, Ken it has to um, be done, yeah like people would, probably it has to be but yeah pick Ken aside I'd maybe give it to either Turnbull because he's came out of nowhere this season uh, he's from midfield he's got like I think it's like 12 or 13 goals and I'm a middle team that's absolutely fantastic maybe Ferguson but I'd give it to um, Turnbull and Morelos I mean so I'll just about to say that right People will probably be saying to us, oh, Scott, Matt, they're picking Morelos and Kent because they're yeah. Rangers fans. We've seen a lot of Morelos and Ryan Kent this season, a lot. And Ryan Kent and Morelos have been unbelievable. So they have unbelievable. They've been sensational. As you say, Morelos, yeah. top goal scorer this season. Top goal scorer, absolutely deserves it. Ryan Kent, setting to none down that left-hand side. So creative. He's unbelievable on the ball. He really is. We've, that player has got... I, I, I think he's he's 22. 22 years of age, right? Yeah. These two guys, Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos, have got big, big futures in the game. And for me, both these guys deserve uh, the, the awards that they're going to get. I will, uh, that I would like to see them get, sorry. Morelos, player of the year. Ryan Kent, young player of the year. That's my yeah. fix. I mean, I, I don't like giving it to the Rangers players, so that's why I give it to Turnbull. But I was going to touch on Ryan Kent. He's my bad luck charm. As you well know, Ryan Kent. Yeah, we did. We actually seen him in Partick the other day. We seen him in Partick, said hello, and then a few seconds later, a bird shot on me. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I so, know. Ryan Kent, if you ever listen to this, if I see you again, I'm watching out for me up above. <laughs> I know, he was a man on the mission, you can tell he's very hungry. He was, yeah, but it was good, it was good to see him and, 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 and like face to face. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to go for three just players, so that's why I went for Turnbull and. Um, yeah, fair enough, mate. So, yeah, obviously at the end of the season we'll do a podcast, like, basically reviewing the season, uh, like, as a whole, 
and we'll do our team in the uh, season as well and we'll pick we basically did pick our player of the years there and then um, well, well no in fact we did well I would have a different opinion right when it comes to like, the end of the season where I'll say it to the end but I'm just talking about the players that are nominated for the PFA who I would pick out that bunch and it would be obviously Morelos and Kent but I'm going to save who let's save who else I would pick towards the end of the season so I'll that's all I'll say the that alternative candidates yes that's the word I was looking for alternative candidates yes like at, towards the end of the season but I'm not going to say this pod so I'll get up the, the, this weekend's fixtures no problem no. so we'll get this up and so basically we know the, the, the first uh, fixture of the weekend and it's Aberdeen versus Celtic at Pataudry um, half 12 kick off Matt how do you see that one going um, I see that I see Celtic just getting by this one uh, I'm going to go for a 1 0 I am going to go for a 2 1 Celtic Going over a two one Celtic and even if they draw they won the league. Exactly. So um no obviously be massive pressure still to go into that game, but even if they get a no no whatever, if they draw the settle the was theirs. Um but I think they went the way with it with with a win. Um, so that's why I predict two 0 St Johnson Livingston, nothing to play for? Nothing to play for St Johnson Livingston. Um so it'll be a bit of a bit of a rubber what's the what's the term? Uh, dead rubber game. It'll just be a very drab um, game, yeah. But um, who's at home, St Johnson? Yeah, we don't. Maybe edge it to the end, but Livingston had a. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to go for Livingston. I'm going to go for one 0 Livingston. I'm going to go for two one St Johnson. Um, Mallow St Mirren. Um, St Mirren are not quite out of the woods yet. They could still finish, in the the in the relegation playoffs. They're sitting there. They're sitting eleventh right now. They're, but they're only two points behind Aki's, so they've they're out the the relegation zone. So that's a positive. Um, they surprised me. They're um they're not going to finish twelfth this season, but there's still a good chance they can finish second bottom. Um, recently they've definitely improved. So yeah, it's between Hamilton and Levy. No, sorry, Hamilton and St Mirren, who are going to finish in the relegation uh, uh, relegation playoff. Um, it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what will happen. Was in the season in the relegation playoff fight, but how do you see Mullerwell St. Mirren going? St. Mirren, oh, they're fighting for their lives, it's, they still are. So, how do you see that one going? They are, um, they're absolutely fighting for their lives, and they've done fantastic. And Owen Kearney's done a fantastic job in recent months, uh, basically, since the turn of the year. Um, and also, Mullerwell, they've got some, some fantastic players that like we touched on earlier with Turnbull and Hasty, um, and that mean as well up front. Um, but Samirin, I think they'll they'll use the momentum I've got just now to to get over the line, get that win, and put a little bit the pressure on uh, Hamilton. So I'm gonna go for a two one Samirin win. I'm gonna go for a one each. I'm gonna go for a one each. And Dundee versus Hamilton. That's that is a big game as well. For Hamilton, more uh, Hamilton mainly because Dundee they look like they're finished now. They're sitting rock bottom. They are uh, seven points. Behind uh, Hamilton, no, sorry, Hamilton, St Mirren, sorry. Mirren. Yeah, there are seven points behind St Mirren, so the Dundee look like they're dead in the water, so they're going to go down, but they they will still have that belief that they could like potentially salvage something back because every game going forward for Dundee is a must win, so this has to be a must win for Dundee, right? But I don't see them doing it. I think Aki's 
will beat them because Dundee are low in confidence right now. They haven't won a game in the last five games. Yeah, they haven't they haven't won a game in the last nine games. So the confidence is low. Aki's obviously they want to try and get some space between uh, them and St Mirren. So my money's on Hamilton. I think Hamilton will do them two 0 yeah, I think I think I'm going to go for two now as well. I think Dundee's not picked up a single point. That nine losses in a row, um, there's no coming back from that. I don't think they've got any confidence whatsoever. They're basically they're dead in the water. Um, Hamilton are still obviously fighting to avoid that last or that playoff spot. Sorry. Um, so I think two 0 Yeah, yeah, two 0 Hamilton. Yeah, it's, wait, see, I think Dundee drew the last three. If I'm correct, I, I'm sure they've lost the last nine in a row. No, no, they haven't won in the last nine. I'm sure they haven't won in the last nine. They they drew, they've drawn their last three though I'm positive about um, that they are, I'm sure either way either way they're, they're doomed aye they are they're doomed anyway so Hearts Kilmarnock Hearts Kilmarnock that'll be a, a good game um, I'd imagine um, obviously Hearts will want to perform um, for the cup final they want to go into that with confidence um, Kilmarnock will also want to bounce back from that at defeat against Celtic obviously they, they would feel they, they wish they came out with more from that but I don't see other team getting the win. I think this will be a winning straw. I'm going to say 1-0 Kamarnock. Um, Rangers Hibs, we touched on that earlier on. Uh, so we said, I said it would be 2-0, Matt, you said it would be 3-0. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so anything else you want to bring up before we go? Uh, not really, no, obviously. Obviously, Jake Casey signed this week for Rangers. And Greg, Stewart. Greg Stewart said a three-year deal as well. Um, but no, Rangers, and obviously Steve Davis signed up the, uh, today actually yep that's um, right but we're just the only ones who seem to be making moves so far no other team seems to be making any transfer moves so mm-hmm. um, I just want to touch those transfers but obviously we can probably just touch them already so no, no, nothing else now that's it mate another good episode uh, in the can so until next week guys take care and we'll see you soon